Do you like sports? Yeah. Do you like beer? Yeah. Well, the perfect podcast exists for you. Tune in every Monday as I, Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, lats. And me, Big Ball and Ben Larson, as we recap the weekend sports, preview upcoming games, and review quality craft brews on the Taproom Sports Podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast fix. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more info. Yo, 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 what's up, all my degenerates, and welcome to the Square Sharks podcast brought to you by Tavour. Want free craft beer delivered straight to your front door? It's easy. Go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's here once again with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Yes, sir. It's the fucking weekend. I'm stoked. <laughs> we got it. I mean, full day of baseball. Better than that chintzy single game yesterday that didn't even happen. So I'm I'm stoked. It was a good day. NBA, Tomorrow and Sunday. NBA finals. Yep. Which we're definitely going to talk about. We got a 2-2 series, best of three now. Yep. Very much looking forward to that. And, of Here's course, we got baseball back after the All-Star break. We're in the dog days of summer, as they say. You got on it. On the second half of baseball. So this is where teams really start to – we really start to figure out, you know, who are the playoff teams come August 1st and who are the non-playoff teams. This is – trade deadline's coming up. No, so we're we're gonna know very quickly coming up here, you know, who actually thinks they have a chance and who doesn't. Yep. There's uh there's definitely a a few clear cut uh teams out here on, on the west, that's for sure. I think it's a little bit tighter of a, a race in the, the east coast or the AL, excuse me. Um but yeah, the, uh the AL West right now, the, the Astros lead the division by uh I think two and a half games. Do they win tonight or lose tonight? They won tonight. So it's a three and a half game lead. The A's are currently sitting in the second wild card spot behind Tampa Bay. Um, so yeah, it is a little tighter. And you know, after the first two wild card teams, I mean, there's a grip of teams that are, you know, three, four games behind the A's and Rays. So yep, they're really that's what I'm saying. Like, if you think you can make the wild card, you're gonna make a trade or two if you think your team can do it. And if there's a lot of teams in that four, you know, four game back period. So it's going to be a wild deadline, Ben. It is. It is. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that, that basketball game we're talking about. Uh, I owe you something. I think this oh, is just my, yes. I think this is just my way of uh, getting to drink bourbon instead of uh, just beer on these podcasts. So <laughs> I got some, uh, some George Dickel bottle and bond tonight. So uh, nice. this is a uh, hundred proof. So it's gonna do my body good, and uh, it'll warm yes, me up. Yes, it will. It's a uh, it's California summer nights. We're at like sixty two degrees or something out here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's bad. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. So uh, cheers to that. I'm, yes, I think uh, by the way that we've talked uh, earlier this week about uh, this basketball game, I'm thinking that we're probably gonna have another uh, another bet shot bet. So yes, we'll see how probably this one will. Goes. <laughs> we'll Probably see how will. this one goes. Cheers. Cheers. Nice, man. <clears throat> nice. Well, the real reason why we're here, Ben, is not only for you to drink shots to make up for losing another shot bet, but we're here to make some fucking money. Damn straight. We've been making money. You know, last episode we had a very unusual episode because we really only had the nba finals to talk about yep you know the only bet i think we both agreed on was the bucks minus the points which hit yep you know i had the under which hit you had the over which did not hit i had chris middleton making the very first three-pointer plus 550 that hit 
I had Chris Middleton uh, over points that hit, and I had Devin Booker under 27 and a half. That did not hit. Yeah, no. <laughs> that yeah, definitely did no. not. That, that lost in the third quarter, and, it, and by halftime, I already knew it was over. So those yeah. are the bets you like where you don't even have to worry about them and stress <laughs> out about them anymore. <laughs> you All wish right, you were on the other side for it, but. Yeah, you, you definitely know. wish you were on the other side, but at least losing, you're like not, you're not uh, just sitting there sweating it out, but. Yeah. Very interesting show. Who did you have as your two prop bets? I had um, Aiton over 16. That did not hit. It looked good after the first quarter. Um, but then did. after that, it was, uh, you know, Quiet lights out. Team. Yeah. And then I had... Um, did you have Chris Paul over? No, I had uh, Middleton over two and a half threes. And I think he only got two? Or did he get three? Uh, probably he two. two. He was cooking from the mid-range all game. Yeah. Um, man, that's a bad beat. We did both like Chris Paul over 20 and a half and that did not hit. So, yep. but we didn't, we didn't make that a best bet or anything. So I'm not yeah. going to count it. So sorry if you all listen to that. So it. but if you up. faded it, you know, that's good. But let's hop into oh, these. No. Uh, that did hit. That did hit Middleton three for eight. Boom. Oh, nice. One for dude. one. I'll take one it. for one. Hey, that's good. We Better were both one for two. one on our best bets. And I also threw out that Chris Middleton prop all night. I was saying yep. he was going to be the first one to hit a three, dude. I just had a feeling, bro. It was the Chris Middleton game. Yep. And it really happened, man. 40-point game. There we go. Ben, you know, he has as many 40-point games as Kobe Bryant in the NBA Finals. This is Chris Middleton's first NBA Finals. Huh. Same amount of 40-point games as Allen Iverson. I mean – a, a talented list of people. Steph Curry, Giannis only one has time. Be close to that with his two 40 point games. And in... dude, Giannis is in rarefied air with those two 40 point games. I mean, there's very few p- players that have gotten 40 point games in yep. the NBA Finals, especially two. Yeah. So that's hey. why. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. That's done why that. these people. That's why these people that want to talk about Giannis has no bag, can't dominate games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just made a hand gesture to bear <laughs> something about a bird. Um, <laughs> hey, so before we start, gotta say, I don't think you've mentioned it yet that we are being uh, brought to you by Tavour tonight. I mentioned it, I mentioned Did it in you? the intro. Okay, it's okay, that we can throw it back out. Make sure to use Taproom, get 10 bucks off your first purchase, $25 or more. But the reason I said that was because I heard you crack open a beer and uh, wanted to hear oh, what I'm you were drinking. The beer, um, this is. The Golden Ale by Odell Brewing Company. I drank uh, one of their beers on the show mm-hmm. the other night. On tap room. Uh, one of their IPAs. Yeah, on tap room. Um, good brewing company out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Somewhere where I haven't had a lot of beer from. But yeah. when I did visit Denver, Colorado, a uh, few years back, went to a few breweries out there. Excellent. Yep. Excellent beer scene out in, in Colorado. So, this one's uh, taking a couple sips. This one's pretty good. Obviously, you know, looks like a golden ale. It's yeah. golden. It's crisp. <laughs> you know, it's not hazy by any stretch of the imagination. It really just looks like a golden ale. Yep. Oh, yeah. I really brought this up because I just wanted to shout out my beer because it's really good. Um, going oh, with you're the drinking Alvada. a beer too? Yep. Oh, I, I mean, thought you were going to sip on some bourbon. No, no, no. I just had I you were going to take the shot and then sip on some... No, I just had the shot. I'm All right. Keep on beer. So uh, I'm drinking. It's an Alvarado Street uh, brewery. Uh, and this is the Monterey beer. Um, it's a locals lager coming in at 4.5%. I've had this. This is now my my second beer. Um, second of these beers uh, in the six pack. And holy crap, this is really good. Um, incredible lager. You know, super easy at 4.5. You can just, you can literally pound this. Um, so Alvarado Street definitely is is one of those top beers, um, you know, that we've talked about multiple times, um, you know, coming out of that Monterey Salinas area in California here. So, um, but quality, quality, quality beer. It's up there with like the, the Pilsners that we're getting right now. Fuck yeah. Ben, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. I'm out here. I watched a couple of the events on X Games on Twitter today, which is awesome that ESPN's broadcasting on Twitter because it's like easy to watch on there. Dude, how are these like 13 year olds the ones winning gold in skateboarding? <laughs> Boys and girls. Yep. Shit's nuts. Shit is absolutely nuts. 
Um, it's because they don't have any, like, they get hurt, they pop back up. You look at these old guys like fucking Tony Hawk coming back in for the uh, 53? Yeah. (laughs) 53 years old, man. The best trick uh, competition he's going to be in. So, um, you know, it's they when they fall, they, you know, pop right back up. Shit doesn't hurt, you know, which kind of leads to that, you know, the that ambitious. I'm going to try these tricks. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go balls out on these. So it's a good it's, point. I never thought about it like that. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, but they're also like insanely talented. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, you look at when we were younger, like when that was the same age that we were, you know, we were skating, we were, uh, you know, doing our, you know, skate phase. So not that good. Oh, no, absolutely not. No fucking way. And there was no pros that were when we were that age, there was no pros that were 13. I mean, Sean White was like the closest one. And he was like, by the time he went pro, he was like 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah, That's nuts, man. It's absolutely nuts. It's a different territory out here now, man. Balls to the wall. It's crazy. I shouldn't say you turn pro because I've I've seen plenty of skaters turn pro at like 13 14 i just never seen them on the x games winning gold medals yeah and you know we talked about sean white he was you know bigger in in uh snowboarding than you know yeah but he won uh, a skateboarding gold medal when he was like 18 yeah, or that 19 was, that was years after that he was you know wasn't he like 18 or 19 years old though yeah but he was he was already in the game and snowboarding for years before that yeah, 16, I think his first sex games was. Okay. Still old was so good, dog. Yep. He changed the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man, well, let's, let's talk about these uh, games coming up because I don't think anybody really wants to listen to us handicap the X games. Yeah. Even no. though there's still some events to come up. But that, I that would actually be a fun go. show, dude. I wouldn't even know where to go, though. Yeah, probably me neither, other than, like, skateboarding I I follow a bunch of skateboarding uh, companies and brands and shit on Instagram, so I always see clips and shit. But I still wouldn't know enough to like actually give you guys solid opinions. But yep. you know, let's hop into what we do know, and that's oh. Major League Baseball, Ben. And let's talk about our first game. We have the San Diego Padres coming off a football game score against these Washington nationals at nationals park. We have Blake Snell, who's three and three sporting a 4.99 ERA facing Patrick Corbin, who's six and seven with a 5.4 ERA right now. The Padres are minus minus one twenty-five on the money line, Washington plus one fifteen over under sitting at nine and a half. Yeah. What do we think here? I mean, What's your initial thoughts? Initial lean is that minus 125. If you can get it at minus 125, um, you know, I'm I'm already seeing some places jump up to minus 130, um, you know, and after everybody gets hold of what happened tonight, it was what a 23 to what was it? 24 to eight win tonight. Um, I think that number is going to rise like crazy, but uh, really looking at these pitchers, I would go first five San Diego. I think that might get you a little bit better value here. Um, you've got, you know, Blake Snell, who's, you know, coming in as a lefty. A lot of teams don't hit lefties as well. Um, you know, and, and his last two starts, he's gone, you know, four and five innings against LA and Philadelphia, um, you know, with six hits combined in those nine innings, no runs, um, no earned runs. Um, and I mean, even as he's gone throughout the the year, He's had two bad games, which is really pushing up his ERA. But other than that, like he's he's been doing some decent pitching here. Um, and then you look at Patrick Corbin, who again is also a lefty, um, so we might want to look at under here. But I mean, he has not been as on point, you know, and not really going too far of distance into uh, into games. The only well, one that really he really has is that Pittsburgh game where he went eight and a third. So. My biggest thing is that, you know, you're 100% right that the value minus 125, minus 130 off the glance of it, like, why is it that low? So we need to understand why the book is setting this line at minus 125 because they know 
right off the glance of you. I mean, you said it. You said this is too great a value. Yeah. And you were even questioning how long we're going to get that value for. Obviously, we're seeing the market adjust because there's a lot of bets being put on minus 125 already. Yeah. But why would they set that line there? Because the goal of setting a line is to get 50-50 action on the line. So they know something. So what do we need to find out that they know? It's both left-handers. And we know that that San Diego doesn't hit lefties well. So this is what I see, Ben. Blake Snell is absolute dog shit on the road. He has a 1.43 ERA at home compared to a 9.09 on the road. Three, or he started nine games on the road. He's 0-3. 32 innings pitched. He's given up seven home runs, a whip of 2.13, walking 28 batters compared to 16 at home. And he's had two more starts on the road. Yeah, it's because he got shelled in Colorado, went three and a third and and allowed seven runs. And then he got shelled in Houston. Three innings, two games. He's had nine, nine starts of nine era baseball so that means he's giving up one run in inning on average in all of his starts combined no two starts no no no, no, no. not nine. when you have not when you have two three inning starts allowing seven runs okay so what are his other starts uh away philly four innings zero runs away at, one start um well let me go through them um i know i'm just count, I'm counting Four, uh, four innings, three runs. Um, that's not good. Four innings, three runs. That's just that's under not good a run. Pitching. That's point seven five run. Yeah, but bro, if you're, if I tell you, hey, the starter is going out tomorrow and throwing four innings and giving up three earned, you're gonna tell me that that team's gonna lose in the first five innings. Yeah. Yeah. Even if Patrick Corbin, Patrick Corbin's not giving up that many runs. Yeah, but let's let's look at how one Washington's been playing and how does Washington hit against lefties? Well, Washington has been playing decent baseball. I mean, they're only four. Uh, what are they back right now in the division? They're five and five in their last ten. And, oh, no, excuse me. And, excuse me. San Diego is five and five in their last ten. Washington is two and eight in their last ten. And they're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, but those those I two mean, wins, they're six games got... out. They've lost five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they haven't been playing very good baseball. I mean, this is a. I'm gonna go honestly. I would take Washington money line here. First five, I think, is the best bet. Because we're line, first five, yeah. Because Blake Snell on the road is okay, giving tell up me, okay, three runs in four innings. At, I, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, let's look at at both Washington and San Diego batting against left-handed hitters. Because so Washington, uh, if, if Washington is on a five-game like uh, losing streak, and they're two and eight in their last ten. That's not a team that I'm that I'm saying, oh, they're going to come out strong. Yeah, but the line should be adjusted for that. Like, why is this so easily San Diego? We need to understand why. Because the last game, the, they're not going to make pitched a line in San where... Diego. They won, which could be part of that. They won 15 to 5. But so that was against Chris Paddock. Washington is hitting lefties better than they're hitting righties. Okay, that doesn't tell me much about like what, what are their numbers. So against left-handed pitching, their OPS is 744. Against righty, 726. They have 27 home runs and 906 or 802 at bats against uh, lefties. They have 70 home runs in 21 and 2,106 plate appearances against right-handed pitchers, right-handed starters. That is, we're looking at lefties though. Yeah, no, I'm comparing the two. So they've okay. they've had two thousand at bats against righties, only eight hundred and two against lefties. So I mean, we're talking a big discrepancy in in data there. Third there, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they're hitting lefties slightly better. 
Washington righties. 10 and 15 against lefty starters, whereas San Diego is 15 and 7 against lefty starters. But why is it so easy, San Diego, dude? There has to be something to it. Because the last can't time be that easy. pitched in San Diego, they won. I can't be the only reason because the average better isn't looking at that. The average better is looking at the two and eight. Uh, and they probably are, you know, saying San Diego is a much better team. I don't okay, trust Blake Snell on the road, dude. I don't. I can't. Let's look at these. Let's, let's look at the over under then. Because I think the over might be something that we, we want to put in play as well. Because yeah, twenty four to eight. Let's let's just throw that out of the, the park. Like that's even that that's not that's ridiculous. Thirty one, thirty two. Flying out there right now because it is yeah. humid. Yeah, but then and then let's look at their July eighth game, nine to eight. Uh, we look at their July seventh game, five to fifteen. Uh, we the look score at the their... last two times these guys face each other, or last time they played. Blake Snell gave. Uh, Blake Snell hasn't pitched against Washington in a long ass time. Patrick Corbin, though, last time he pitched, it was 15 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> they won, though. Yeah. You look at then their next game, July 6, 7 to 4. You look at uh, the last time, uh, the, the first game that they've played this season, 7 to 5. So, you know, I think that over nine and a half is definitely something in play. Then they don't, they don't play until, you know, June of, you know, 2019 because of uh, the COVID season last year. So I definitely I think first five over. Uh, I'd I'd take first five over. I think for full game is going to go over as well. I like Washington money line first five too. I don't. I like Corbin. I'm, I like my I odds getting Corbin against Blake Snell. Uh, Bro, Blake Snell's splits home road are insane. Yeah, but the last time he was on the road, he only allowed two hits and in four innings, no runs. Then he was playing the Dodgers the game before that. This guy can't even go over five. Dude, this guy can't go deep into games at all. Okay, then over the first, then the game before that, he played in L, uh, sorry, versus LA, and he went five innings, only allowed four hits, no earned runs. So his last two starts have been great. Not deep, but great. You look at, at the last two starts that, uh, you know, that Corbin's pitched and that's not great versus, you know, five days before in LA, he got rocked five runs in four and two thirds. That's the same team that they were playing. Um, just, this bet just last time he like pitched this bet, this line just is, it reads trap all over it. See, I just don't think it's, it's, it's been updated since tonight's game. And tonight's game was such an over oversight. I think this is, no this has been uh i'm looking i'm looking at a live line i'm pulling it up right now hold on one second dude it's only minus 120 at circa right now plus 110 for washington this this line is a trap dude it's an absolute trap then i say we take over and leave it at that I think San Diego takes this easy. I think they take the over. I don't like that first five. Not with the way that uh, Corbin's been pitching recently. He I mean, hasn't yes, even been Blake Snow that bad. Had, yeah. But he's, I mean, he's allowed two runs, five runs, three runs, two runs, a run, three, four, 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 three. One, three, two, Yeah, four, but Blake Snow, though, nine, he six. gives up runs and he don't even get in out of the fifth inning that's all we need to get him is to the fifth inning. No, but he doesn't get out of the fifth inning in a lot of his starts about half yeah that's not good that means that's what and washington has a very like uh you know they have a good lineup dude with soto and trey turner like they got, they got guys. They aren't playing well right now. Going and Blake Snow walks eight a, walk, in the last ten. Well, Blake Snow walks a lot of batters, and the Washington Nationals walk a lot. They also strike out a lot. 
I think we just stick with over, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I would take the over. I'm not comfortable. I would take with the over the... nine. I think the over. I think the first five over is the only play I would have here because the first five over is going to be like four and a half or five, and I think that's easy fucking money. I would even take it to five and a half. Yeah, but the thing with the Padres is, the thing with the Padres though is the Padres have a good bullpen. So if they get like a you know five to three lead after the fifth inning, they might not allow another run. Because the game's the Padres, that close, you know. The Padres would allow another run. Or, no, sorry, I mean the, tonight the Washington would allow another run. They, they could, let's, but let's look at tonight. The They're, Padres aren't that great of taxed. an offense. Washington bullpen has got to be taxed. Ah, dude, these kind of innings are not high leverage innings, dude. These dudes, once you yeah, but they're throwing they're up by like sixteen points. Yeah, but they're just like out there throwing BP at that point. You don't want to get like you're not out there throwing your best stuff, dude. You're not. It's not high leverage situation. It doesn't take as much energy. You know what I'm saying? I bet they Washington. threw some fucking. I bet Washington threw some position players in in the game tonight. Nope. One, two, three, four, five, six relief pitchers. But were any of them position players? No. Who did they throw out there? They had to have thrown a position player. That's their entire bullpen. They're not going to throw there. Um, Espino, Clay, Suero, R. Harper, and Jay Rodriguez. That's crazy. Jeffrey Rodriguez. That's crazy. This is, I mean, like nine, like this over under should be like 10 and a half, dude. Like, why is it so low? Five home runs were hit against their bullpen. Every single game they've played against San Diego this year has gone over 10, 10 runs. Why is this over under so low? Especially with the 32 run game that they put in today. Dude, this just seems like a trap, bro. Seeing the ball in, you know, and and like they only allowed six runs on the starter, on Fetty. Yeah. And then there were what six, eight. I mean, like Washington's bullpen is not good. They're like one of the worst bullpens in baseball. That's part of their issue. So let's get that out there right now. My biggest, that's why I'm seeing this nine and a half. Like, it should be, like, ten and a half, I feel like. It was 3-3 after the first. It was 10-3 to after the second. I just – I don't get it. This Dude, this game just reads trap all over it. That's why I'm saying let's take the first five and run, dude. Because this very well could be – this very well could be like a 5-3 game going into yep. the sixth inning, and there may there might not be another run scored. I know our intuitions tell us to take the over nine and a half, but Ben, this over under. Actually, you know what? If this over under is at nine and a half, I think we absolutely take it. it yeah. It is at nine and a half right now. The VIG on the nine and a half is minus 105, and you're getting under nine and a half. Minus 115. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are you Especially with two pitchers that have, you know, 4.9. What is it? 4.99 and 5.4. Remember remember when we had that Acevedo versus um, Chichi Gonzalez game in Coors Field? It took extra innings for that over to hit where there was eight runs put up in the extra innings. Without those eight runs, in the first nine innings, that game finished it with, like, four runs. And it was like completely opposite of what all everything told us, dude. Everything told us to take the over in that game and especially the over first five. Especially in Coors Field. Yeah. But I think I think you're you're right with the humidity in Washington too. That that'll play a factor. Well, I mean, twenty-four to eight, I mean, dude, major league baseball, like the ball had to have been flying. Yeah. 
What's the weather like in Washington tomorrow? 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Humidity. Humidity, 60%. Pretty fucking humid. (laughs) 37% precipitation. Wind? 10 miles an hour blowing out. (laughs) Yeah. Let's take the over first five and let's take the over nine and a half. Yep. I'm I'm also fine with just sticking to that first five if you if you don't feel comfortable with that nine and a half. Well, I just feel like me. the I feel like that nine and a half is so low. And betters tend to take first five unders just because they think um yeah. you know oh five innings, you know, only you know, five innings, five and a half runs a lot. Like look at that. Cause I would take this bet up to five and a half in the first five, dude. Sorry, say that again. It, I would take the first five up to over five and a half. Okay, yeah. And it's probably it was like that four and a half. Because honestly, people are going to be listening to this tomorrow morning on Saturday. And I guarantee that the over moves to 10. At probably. least. Yep. At least. So I say so. if it stays at nine and a half, we take it at 10. I mean, 10, I think 10, you take it too, because you have that push. But if it goes over 10 and a half, if it goes up to 10 and a half, I don't think you take it. Yeah. Because if we're saying over nine and a half, that's 10 runs. So it's sitting at 10, you get that push. You don't win, you don't lose. I'm trying to like figure this shit out. I'm trying to do the math right now. (laughs) But I mean, what are the odds? Their last, what is it? four games this season all have gone over 10 and a half runs i mean what are the games that they've had this season have gone over 10 runs they've gone over 11 so is that i mean at what point it has to change at some point i know we don't like to bet against you know what's happening um but i mean dude I mean, we're not going to get 32 runs like we saw tonight. That's for damn no, sure. No, we're definitely not. We can get, especially with these two pitchers, I think we can get we can get 10. Yeah. I like the over nine and a half. Um, I'd take it to 10 and then that's it. I take it. Yeah, I'd take it to 10 and then I would leave it alone. And I like yeah. the over first five to five and a half. Yep. But right now the line's sitting at nine and a half. So we're going to take that over nine and a half. We're going to take the over. At four and a half. Five, we're going to say uh it'll probably be like five i would take it i'll take it to five and a half yeah it's probably gonna open at five though because the first five they they don't have the odds out yet yeah so i'm gonna say we'll say first five over five first five over five uh over under nine and a half for the entire game Okay. All right, let's move on to the second baseball game. We have the Houston Astros heading into Chicago to face the White Sox. We have Jake Odorizzi on the mound. He's 3-4 and four with a 3.61 ERA facing Lucas Giolotto and the Chicago White Sox. 7-6, 4.15 ERA. Right now, the over-under, or the money line is Houston minus 102, Chicago White Sox minus 108. Over-under is 8.5 right now. What's our initial lean here, Ben? I mean, I think we go first five. Uh, first five Houston here. Um, again, Giolito just he, – he allows runs every time he's out there. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some games that he's only allowed, you know, one or two, and it's, you know, five runs – five innings that he's pitched. But, um, you know, with the, the way that – Houston bats are really flying and you know uh, Odorizzi he's definitely not great but he's he's got a lot of starts where he hasn't thrown any pitch any earned runs neither of these two have like played each we other we did this we we did a Jake Odorizzi game not too long ago mm-hmm. um and his ERA was like 5.95. And now it's like yeah. all the way down to 3.61. Yeah, 3.61. So, you know, he's been pitching very well in his last couple starts. Yeah. Yeah, last two starts, he 
went against the Yankees in New York. Uh, six innings, seven hits, two runs. Last and month, he's had Cleveland. a 1.23 ERA, Ben. Okay, there we go. And away, 2.84 ERA compared to 4.5 at home. Lucas Giolito, though, also better at home than he is on the road. 3.47 ERA compared to 4.98. Uh, 1.07 whip at home compared to 1.3 on the road. So, man, there's going to be good value in this. Uh... Under. Well, in the under, yeah. Um, but I was also going to say in this Houston minus 0.5 in the first five because the run line right now is sitting at Houston minus one and a half at plus 170, 175 in some books. Well, this could be like a one, one, two, two type game after the first five. It's true. I would probably take the first five under and I would take the White Sox plus a half a run, first five. See, I'm going Houston, <laughs> Houston minus a half. I mean, but the both these both these guys cancel each other out because Giolito is much better at home. Odorizzi much better on the road, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, both offenses are lights out right now. Houston's first overall in runs and hits and strikeouts allowed or in striking out. Eighth in walks. Look at Chicago offense. Third in runs, fifth in hits, fourth in walks, 15th in strikeouts. Chicago's uh, offense, though, much better against lefties than they are against righties. I mean, they only they have 994 plate appearances against right-handed starters. They're hitting Both these 32 righties. I know, and the White Sox aren't that good against righties. But I'm saying, um, like they're really like they don't hit their power is definitely not as much against righties. I mean, they they've hit left-handed pitchers almost three times as much, and only have 28 less home runs against uh, lefties. So. That right there actually makes me lean more towards Houston. So I actually am starting to like that Houston first five minus a half a run. We're in Chicago. So Houston over under away. I know this is full full game, but you know, it definitely will play a part here. 24, 18, and one at home, Chicago over. They're good hits. at home. No, they're not good at home. Well, okay. Well, sorry. The, the over under. The over hits 18, 24, and two. So they're, they're, they're not allowing. Lot. Yeah. They're not allowing. The under is hitting a lot more. It's hitting six times more than the over is hitting at home. Yeah, but them as a team are hitting better at home than they are on the road. I mean, slightly better. But they've had less plate appearances and they've had more home runs at home. Less plate appearances and almost as many RBIs. Better batting average, higher OPS. Yeah, that over-under, they cancel each other out. They literally cancel each other out first home and away. So, yeah. These pitchers count each other out. For the most part. I mean, Odorizzi's been good of late. So that has to be taken into consideration. Uh, He lost his last start at home. Only gave up two earned, though, in six innings. I mean, that's a great start at Cleveland. Cleveland's offense sucks, but... He only gave up one earn there. Against yeah. Detroit, their offense sucks. Gave up zero. Against Baltimore, their offense sucks. He gave up zero. 
at Boston, good offense, gave up three earned in five innings. So, I mean, maybe he has had some good luck facing some shitty fucking teams, dude. Yeah. That's a very good point. And let's look at Giolito versus good teams. I mean, he's been he's been allowing that that Detroit game really just screams out at me. Five innings, ten hits, six earned runs. How long ago was that though? That's July fourth. It's two starts ago. Mm. Oh shit! I'm looking at. Baltimore, five and a third, six hits, two earned. But that was Minnesota. at Detroit. Look at who he's faced at home. Minnesota, Tampa, Detroit. I mean, he's given up runs three, too. Like, three. In his last, like, month. First four. Baltimore, he was good. St. Louis, they have a dog shit offense. All these teams have a dog shit offense. That he's faced. Except, I mean, except for Boston, where he's allowed three, three and three. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. That was, uh, that was, what's Rizzi. his career ERA against, against, uh, Houston? Cause he's basically faced the same Houston team. Cause he's only been in the league since like 2016. And this Houston team basically has like the same players from yep. all the way around. The cheaters. <laughs> Let's see what is let's see what is uh splits are against Houston. Against the Houston Astros 4.68 ERA, four starts, 13 earned runs, and 25 innings pitched. Whip of 1.2. Not great. Not great. Not great. Damn, this is tough. His career at um his career in Chicago though at his own home oh my god. Four point six nine ERA. In Chicago? Yeah. His career ERA at Minute Maid Park, though, 1.57. So he's really getting hit around at home against Houston. Yeah. I like it. I like that Houston first five minus a half, dude. I think I think I've I think we've uh, convinced myself to take that first five minus a half a run. It's going to have huge value, too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, you know, obviously I like it. I mean, I think you can even take Houston. And, well, uh, what's one more thing? What's um, uh, Houston bullpen versus, I mean, this obviously won't be for the first five. I think we've got that locked in, but for the, if we want to go full game, cause right now, you know, full game, they're both, it's a pick them. Yeah. 102, 108. Some books have it, them both at minus 110. Um, Let's see here, because I think that can I can change things. Off the top of my head, I want to say they both have decent bullpens. So they're yeah. No, Houston usually always has a a decent bullpen. So let's see. Their relievers have a 4.09 ERA compared to 3.35 against their starters. So, I mean, they're worse, but they're not, like, way yeah. worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what about the other? Um, Chicago. Chicago is an all-star closer, so I'm going to guess that their roads, their splits are going to be a lot better. Let me see God damn it. So their relievers pretty good. Okay. 
Well, actually, I mean, their like main relievers are pretty good. However, I mean, Hendricks is lights out. Yeah. Ruiz is good. Ruiz uh, pitched a third of an inning tonight. Didn't he allowed a hit and that's it? Bummer was the bummer was a total bummer tonight. Two thirds of an inning, two hits, four and runs. That yeah. was his first game back from the injured list, though. Okay. He's usually pretty decent. Um, I mean, they're I would say I would give the favor to Houston's bullpen for sure. I would say offensively, I think both of these teams are very similar. I would give the the starting um, pitching edge to Houston in this game. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we win. I think we yeah. win in that first five minus a half a run. Okay. And don't even worry about the uh, – Don't even worry about the total. Or the, uh, yep. Okay. Okay. Let's take that minus a half a run, first five, and run away. Yep. All right, let's talk about the last game, NBA Finals. We got the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. Right now, Phoenix is a minus four favorite over under sitting at 218. 2 2 series, best of three, Ben. What's your thoughts on this one? I mean, I think we're going, uh, I'm going to continue with the way that I've you know, been reading this series, you know, since the beginning, I, I think we're going to seven games. I think we're going to have these next two games, both be home wins for each team. I think Houston's going to, I'm sorry, um, uh, Phoenix is going to take this game. I think Milwaukee takes game six and then game seven, I think Milwaukee takes it. Um, so uh, personally, I'm leaning to that Houston money line. I don't want to go with the odds. Uh, with the the spread there, because I mean Phoenix. Yeah, sorry, I'm still on our bas- uh, baseball game. Uh, Phoenix money line. I know there's no value there. You know, minus one seventy to to minus one seventy five. Um, but you know, I I think that's where we go. I think we also could hit the over. Um, you know, it's dropped two from last game, and the reason I say that is because this is. I mean, we're, we're at must win, you know, must win at all, for all three of these games, each team's going to be in those must win situations. So I for think sure. we're going to be seeing more offense than we are going to be on defense. So that's uh, why I kind of like that. I, I lean that over. I mean, the thing with these kind of games is that they become much more, possession by possession that's why you see the over under at 218 the last two over unders have been 220 and a half about 221 and now we have an over under 218 games become much more one one possession at a time um you know grind them out type games when they become must wins well i think part of the reason why that's dropped is because we did have a push in game three and we had a we had the under hit in game four yeah, for sure. So these games have been trending under. I mean, really only one game in this whole series has gone over 218. But two have. The first two games in Phoenix. 123 I mean, right, but... and 136. Or sorry, two, so, 223 and 236. And the first game I'm going to throw out because Giannis was like first game back from the injury. No excuses. Well, I mean, we haven't seen a game like that since. Right, Giannis I mean, had game 40. two was two twenty six. Two game two was the big one. That was two thirty six. Two twenty six. Excuse me. Game one yeah. was was two twenty three. It went up. That was a game Giannis went out. Eh, yeah, I mean the over is probably a good bet here because I mean I think Milwaukee has found their stride offensively, but I also think they found their stride defensively in the last two games, right? And at the end of the day. I truly believe that the Milwaukee Bucks are way more battle-tested in these playoffs than Phoenix. I mean, they had that grind them out series with the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. Then they had that um, series against Miami and a battle against Atlanta, right? And meanwhile, the uh, Phoenix Suns, you know, they faced a Lakers team with uh, injured Anthony Davis. Lakers were up 2-1 in that series before AD got hurt, completely altered the series. 
Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Then they face the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. I know that was a you know tough series. You know the Clippers gave him a fight, but this is the most complete team the Suns have faced in these playoffs. And I said at the beginning of the series, this is the most depthful team that Milwaukee's faced. Yeah, they've they've faced a lot of they've had they've been tested, but, but they they've also had, been tested played, in previous years. They haven't. Well, yeah, and they lost. Um, yeah, but they so still they've gone through that. This is they the first got year. Their Phoenix. asses beat by fucking Miami last year. Yeah, yeah it in was the in the bubble. bubbles, but it, it, again, it does. That's and Giannis got hurt. He sprained his ankle. He was out game five. Didn't play, and they lost in six. So like, no, they lost in five. Okay, so then then the one game they still lost the first four with Giannis. So, like, or, sorry, they lost three of the four with Giannis. So, like, I mean, that that doesn't mean anything to me. This is the most depthful team that they've played. Depthful? I don't even know if that's the word, but the mo- the team with the most depth that they've played in any of their their um game any was, of their series is this year. But they've adjusted what Phoenix was doing good in games one and two. I mean look at what uh how they've been defending Chris Paul literally picking him up at 94 feet and Last making game him was a six point game. Like it was close. It was a six point game but look how they won dude they grinded it out they shot like shit and they still were able to win the game. Well and yeah and and does Paul George, or sorry, Chris Paul, have another shitty game. Yes, because they they've adjusted to him. They started picking him up at ninety four feet. Now they're literally making him work just to get the ball over the fucking half court. So he's literally working his ass off all game long. We saw. And I feel like the Clippers too. And I feel like no, not like this. He hasn't played this bad all playoffs, dude. This is the first time in his playoff career he's had back to back games over six turnovers. I mean, the Bucks they've they've adjusted, and as much shit as I've talked about Mike Budenholzer throughout the whole year, he's actually adjusted, and I feel like a lot of his adjustments have been, um, you know, they've worked all playoffs. I mean, we're watching them win games that the last three years, Ben, I watched his team every single game for three years, for longer than that, but I'm saying in the Mike Budenholzer era, these are games that they normally would have lost in those last yep. two playoffs, dude. Easily, they would have lost those games. Against the Toronto Raptors, they were up two games and none in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost four in a row. In three of those games, they had the lead at halftime and lost the lead. This team doesn't do that. And this team was down nine points in the middle of the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left in game five, in game four and was able to win the game. That's a game they lose every single time previously yeah, before this think, year. I think – Phoenix can adjust to that too. I don't see them losing four games straight. No way in hell. Um, I'm not going to see. They they're they're going to be making adjustments too. They've got a great coach. They've got great players. They've got the the old guys. They got the young guys. You know, you have players that are going to have to step up on both teams. But again, I see this series going seven. The way yeah, but we, I don't. We we talked about it with uh, Reed on Sunday. And this is going to be a long series. I don't see them losing four games in a row with the I way do. that they've played all year against great teams, against great teams in the playoffs, granted injured. That's hundred percent, but they're still good teams. Yeah. This is the, the, the most depth that you've seen against a Milwaukee team that, yeah, but their depth is thin now, dude, because they lost <laughs> Dario Sarge. They have no front court, dude. When Aiton goes out and he gets a breather, they have Tory Craig and fucking Jay Crowder as their four and five. And that's when the fucking Bucks just absolutely eat. And also, DeAndre Aiton is wearing down at the end of games, too, because Giannis is putting a ton of pressure on him. Yeah, I don't see him going ice cold like he did for missing every single shot. And what? But a big almost, part of that is he, he Giannis, got two though. points in three quarters. That's not yeah, but that's not but Giannis is but Giannis is really when they put Giannis at the five, dude. I mean, it's changing things, bro. He was three for nine from the field. Who Giannis or Aiden? Aiden three for nine from the field yep. last game. Yeah, I don't think he, he has that bad of a game again. 
but I just think that the I think the Bucks have adjusted to what the the Suns do. The first the first game, the Suns were eating with Booker and Chris and Chris Paul on that pick and roll and the drop coverage. Since then, the Suns the yeah the Bucks have been fighting over the screens. Even game two, that was a game I know the Bucks lost by like eight or ten points, but that was a game where literally Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday both played bad. That was the only game that both of them have played bad, basically. The first game, Giannis didn't play very well because he was coming back from that injury. He didn't play very well till the very end. The second game, they played dog shit, and Giannis had 41 points and weren't able to win. Game three, Giannis goes off. Drew Holiday has a good game. Game four, Chris Middleton has a great game. Giannis has... A, a normal Giannis game, which he's going to have every single night at least, and Drew is bad and they win. I just don't think that – because you have to have two bad – for the Bucks to win, they just have to have – you know, Giannis or Chris has to be average or better, and Giannis has to be Giannis or better, and they win the game every time. Because who's going to match them for they didn't, Phoenix? They didn't the first two times. Well, and you got to take game one into that – you have to take game one into a different light, though, Ben. No, I mean, no, I don't, because they're both coming in well, in the same. You don't in the have same to, but if you pressure, don't, then... they're in the same. In no, the same because, bro, the Bucks didn't bro, even know Giannis bro, was gonna bro. play until the end of the till. Yes, tip they off. did. He was practicing the day before. Give okay, did you watch the game? Did you watch the yes, game? Yes, I watched. I've watched You're, all. You the can games. sit here and tell me straight face that Giannis looked normal in that game. In the second half, yeah, he was fine. Yeah, but the first, they were already down by, like, 14 points. He really didn't start to trust himself until, like, about halfway through that game. And that's when he started to turn it on. Yeah. Well, this is where we're at an impasse. You've got you're, Phoenix. You're taking you've got game no one, Phoenix. and you're saying, you're, saying uh, you're putting a ton of weight into game one. I'm putting and not a putting ton of weight any into way, game one and two. Where not putting any weight Phoenix into adjustments. at home. And I'm putting a lot of weight into game three and four where Milwaukee won at home. And I'm saying that this is a seven game series where all games one through six are going to be won by the home team. You're just because they play better. Phoenix plays better at home. Phoenix plays great away too. Milwaukee plays better at home than they do away. This is the first time you said the Suns can't lose four games in a row. This is the first time all playoffs. They lost two games in a row. Great. And I don't think they're going to lose three games in a row. I don't think they're going to lose all four in a row. I do. I think the Bucks have adjusted very well, and I don't. I just don't see and that's an adjustment. Just like your opinion, man, and I have it definitely like is. my opinion, and it, we're at it an definitely impasse. is. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're putting a ton of weight. I think your your handicap, if I'm <laughs> in, reading in you correctly, in the first half of the series versus the second half of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm going 50, with more 50. recent adjustments after what i've seen it has nothing to do with home or away obviously talked, the bucks are going mean, to play more we, emotional we talked about this at the beginning that both of these teams were going to win their home games that maybe yeah. one well could, i also could, didn't know that could tighten Giannis was going to play in this series after what i saw from game two and forward and that game was in phoenix i i don't think i think the bucks are the much better team and I think they're going to win the next two games in six. I think they're winning at home. I think they're winning in Phoenix tomorrow. And I know Phoenix does play better on the road. But from the adjustments that I've seen, I don't see an adjustment the Phoenix Suns can make to counter what the Bucks are doing to Chris Paul. Because if Chris Paul doesn't score 23 points a game, the Suns have no chance. They don't. Because you you can't rely on if Hayton you know, Hayton scores more than six points a game, then yes, they absolutely can. But in Chris how many Paul games is he will be his assist machine? And but that's what they've stopped. Will they've stopped that, that screen and roll, and it's it's frustrating the hell out of them. Yeah, but they have to go low. They have to go deep into the paint instead of giving it out to Aiton. But they can and making Aiton. Yeah, the Bucks are the number one dribble. rim protecting team in the in the league. How many times did Aiton throw the ball away? Because he's on a pass. They're getting like, to him. They're yeah. So why would you pass it to him low if he's just going to turn it over? Yeah, but that's not normal, DeAndre Aiton. I mean, dude, 
what is normal DeAndre Ayton? He usually just catches lobs. The normal DeAndre Ayton is, you know, 14, 15 points a game, not six. And it's, it's not 18, 20. Well, they only lost by six. So if you add six to six, that's 12, and that's under he's his been, number. He's been dog shit for two games, and Giannis has been attacking that man for two and a half games, and he's been a completely different player. In he got game into two, foul trouble, and I, I can say the exact same in thing. Game two, he had like 15 points about in the earlier first half and three when you in were the saying half. that all of the 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 zebras were wearing Phoenix jerseys in Phoenix, and all of the zebras were wearing Milwaukee jerseys well, in Milwaukee. Dude, so watch the film; they're like tackling Giannis. I mean, dude, Giannis is a relentless attacking to the rim. If that guy doesn't go to the free throw line ten times, then there's something wrong. He should go to the line ten times a game. The way he attacks the rim. You, you have to foul him, and it's better to foul. I guarantee Phoenix wants to foul him more than they want him to dunk it. He's like a 60% free throw shooter. Yep. So him going to the line means nothing to them. It's like, okay, he's going to the line. Like, I would rather him shoot free throws and fucking dunk on us all day. But that's the problem is if he gets if he gets Aiton into foul trouble, that's a big problem for Phoenix because they have no depth behind DeAndre Aiton. All right, so what bet do we like? Because we're just going back and forth and around in circles. If I had to take any bet here, downs. if I had to take any bet, I would take other the than over, money lines. I would take over two eighteen. I agree, hundred percent. Over two eighteen. Yep. There we go. All right. Are we taking a shot bet on who wins this game? Yes, I will take the Milwaukee Bucks. There we go. Give me the four points. I just said, who wins this game? All right. I'm taking Milwaukee to win this fucking game. Okay. Money line, baby. Let's go. All right. Let's rewind. Let's recap. So the first game, we have the Padres versus Nationals. We're going first five over five, and we're going over nine and a half for the entire game. Second game, we got the Astros versus the White Sox. We're going first five minus half a run for Houston. And then the last game, we got Bucks Suns. We're going over 218 here. Over 218. So, Ben, what's your shark play of the day? I'm going to go San Diego, Washington, first five over five. First five over five. I like, I like that one too. Ones. But since I don't want to take the same one as yours, I'm going to take, I'm going to go Bucks Suns over 218. I, I like that one. I like that one. Bucks Suns over 218. I really wanted to take Phoenix money line, but I also like Devin Booker under on his points. It'll probably be like 29 and a half. I like yeah, that under. I don't know where those uh where those odds are. So it'll it'll probably be 29 and a half. All right, so we've got four good bets there. That was a long only get four good bets. <laughs> yeah, for real though. All right. Well, for Mr. Big Ball and Ben Large. Oh, before we get out of here, Ben, how was your beer? My beer was great. It's uh, it's one of the top lagers I've had. Um, good job. Nice. Uh, you know, that Monterey, it's called Monterey Beer, the locals lager from Alvarado Street. Um, mm. Great brewery out of uh, Salinas. They have a couple tap houses, one in uh, one in North Bay, one in Monterey. Um, definitely well, go check Monterey's their main, uh, their first stop like that's where they started on Alvarado yep. street yep and now it's Monterey. just a tap house uh main breweries in salinas so oh, that's crazy i mean it's cheaper out there so great makes food sense. at that uh at that tap house too if you ever go out there yeah the food is excellent make sure to eat while you uh while you're there. how's your get the bake get the bacon mac and cheese shit is fire if they have it like they've also got bacon wrapped uh filet bites which are on point um Ooh. they've got um uh, poutine, which is on point, but they have a rotating menu, so it really yep. depends on what what they're they're cooking at the time. Uh, well, when I lived out in Monterey, they always had the bacon mac and cheese on menu. Like that okay. shit never left. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, How was yours? Place. It was good. Uh, definitely not the best golden ale I've ever had. Their IPA is much better than their golden ale too. I'll give it like a three point seven five. I'll drink it again. It's light, crisp, good summer beer. But their IPA is much better tasting than their gold nail for sure. Oh yeah. I didn't give this number. I'm gonna give it four seven five. This was good. Woo!
This is good. I can down it's this. A big, it's a big Easy. rating there. Easy peasy. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank y'all for joining us for another Square Sharks. We will be back for Tap Room on Monday morning, as always. For Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson, I am Jordan Stacks on Stacks Lats. Make sure to go to Tavour, download the Tavour app, straight to your mobile device. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. You will not regret it. Craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You ain't even got to move. All I hear is since that came in. I love it when you talk to me. My caffeine, my caffeine.